Welcome to I See Star Wars, a podcast about vintage Star Wars action figures. I am your host, Michael Havens, creator of The Imperial Commissary. Come with me, I will be your guide as we journey through the incredible universe of vintage Star Wars collectibles. Here they come! Welcome to episode 23 of IC Star Wars. We are here with our brand new co-host of IC Star Wars, Philip Brown. Welcome, Philip. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? Very well. Very well. Um, we have lots of fun stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about Leia Bespin today. Uh, Leia Bespin is a very cool character. Unfortunately, they have left her off the Wikipedia page we usually read, so we had to dig a little bit farther into the internet, and I found something on rebelscum.com. Philip, you know Rebel Scum? Of course I know Rebel Scum. Very good place. Very good place. Uh, one of the very first places that people could really get together on the internet and share about Star Wars info. Anyway, I got the back of a Black Series box here for Princess Leia Bespin Escape. So we're going to read that instead of the Wikipedia thing. Uh, somebody go out there and write a Wikipedia entry. We'll read it next week. Uh, Princess, or not next week, next podcast, right? <laughs> I'm not tying myself into <laughs> a right. weekly thing here. All right, Princess <laughs> Leia Organa was one of the Rebel Alliance's greatest leaders, fearless on the battlefield and dedicated to ending the tyranny of the Empire. With her quick thinking and inspired leadership, Leia ranks among the galaxy's greatest heroes. That's not really specific to Leia Bespin. But whatever, it's on the Leia Bespin box, so I guess it counts. Let's get a little bit into the uh, Kenner figure we love so much. Give us a little Leia Bespin. Well, Leia Bespin, in the entire uh, original trilogy, I always, even as a child, looked at Leia as one of the strongest characters uh, carrying the entire original trilogy. I always looked forward to getting action figures of Leia of any kind. This particular one stuck out to me because when you line up all the figures from the ESB line, this one really is, is starkly different from a color perspective, from a design perspective. And uh, she had the coolest blaster of all time, I think, you know, myself. It was really a fun character to, to get when I was a kid, and it's a fun character to continue to collect today because of all the little uh, the variants that you can get with you know, the capes, the blaster, the turtleneck, no turtleneck. And I'm always on the lookout for a Leia Bespin. Um, Especially because enough, there's I, so many different ones. There's just so many different exactly. colors of the capes and uh, even the hair colors and the face paints and the face sculpts. There's there's so many different mm -hmm. ones, and that's really cool about it. It is a daunting focus. Absolutely. And, you know, as we all know, particularly the blasters, because so many of them got sucked up in vacuums that, uh, you know, being able to, to create figures for her is really difficult sometimes, as, as thousands of collectors probably already know. Yep, and they uh, they came, they had the blue blaster, and they also had the black blaster. Um, it has been found sealed with either. Uh, it's always the blue blaster, though. I mean, everybody always gets the blue blaster. I'm sure it was just a little bit of overstock left or something like that from the original Leia Organa. And uh, they first came out on ESB cards, and uh, we're going to get into some ESB stuff later. And... Uh, what else? What do you remember about Leia Bespin? You got any cool stories about Leia Bespin? Actually, you know, it's funny. Almost every single uh, figure that I got, I remember 
what it felt like cracking the bubble. I remember what it smelled like. I remember kind of what I was doing at the time. As you know, I'm not one of those hardcore variant or deep dive collectors. I like to collect things that I like, and I like to collect things that create memories for me because that was such a magical time for me back in the day. But Leia Bespin has the specific distinction of being the only Star Wars action figure that ever got me put on restriction <laughs> when I was uh, when I was 10, 11 years old. You want to hear that story? Yeah, go for it, dude. I always want to hear the story. <laughs> so probably fall of 1980, uh, I had a little diorama uh, mm-hmm. in my room. I was, I was 10 years old, actually 11 by that point, I think. Um, I had my Millennium Falcon. I had my Ugnaughts. I had my Lando uh, all on the nice. shelf. And I was, I was get recreated sort of this, um, uh, this diorama of the, ES, the, the you know, Cloud City scene. And I couldn't find my Leia Bespin. Now, my dad used to always buy, because we would fight all the time, my dad used to always buy me and my brother at the time one of each figure so that we uh, uh, wouldn't you know, get in each other's faces about it. Right. Anyway, so I couldn't find my Leia Bespin. So I went into his room, and I grabbed his. Uh-oh. And I brought him into my room and put Leia Bespin in my diorama. <laughs> and I got caught. My brother came running, looking for his Leia Bespin. That's mine. And he somehow knew, was able to know that I was his. No, it's not. It's mine. And I lied about it for like days. Yeah. And then it was discovered that it was my brother's. And I got put on restriction for a week. Because, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> I really needed my Leia Bespin to be in the ESB diorama that I was creating. So that that that, that was fun. Uh, but that just, you know, we all have stories like this about our action figures from when we were kids and those that were around. And even, mm-hmm. you know, whether you were with the um, uh, the prequel trilogy, everyone has stories about the uh, the figures that they got and what they did with them and how they touched their lives. And that is the magic for me in collecting. And uh, so, yeah, Leia Bespin got me on restriction. And <laughs> it was uh, it was wonderful to be able to tell that story now. Well, she's a pivotal piece, man. She's a pivotal piece, and you need her in any Bespin playset for sure. Uh, she originally came out on the ESB card. She went all the way through the Jedi and even the mailers. Um, she had tri-logo releases. There's all different ones from all over the world. There's even a blonde one down uh, on the Lily Letty line. They're all over the place. Tons of different variations in the hair color. Tons of different variations in the cape color. Um, lots of different cape color, cape designs. It's a very neat figure. And like you were saying, they have the turtleneck one and the non-turtleneck one. The turtleneck one, the actual color of her dress goes up all the way to the uh, right under her chin. Whereas uh, the, the, the no turtleneck version has a little bit of peach paint on the neck and that's what distinguishes the two but there's lots of cool different variations be careful there is tons of repro weapons tons of repro uh uh capes out there um not on the ic because those are not allowed but uh there are tons so just be careful when buying them talk to a friend make sure somebody else looks at it uh and they will steer you in the right direction but what else what else about leia bestman there's tons of bootlegs Uh, my wife actually has a leia bestman focus andrea and uh she has a mexican bootleg of her uh that's very very cool it's a static bootleg and it's all painted um there's uh 
Where else have I seen them? I've just seen Mexican bootlegs, actually. Yeah, I've never seen a, a Leia Bespin bootleg, so I'd love to see that next time I'm out uh, planning for ICCC with you. Yeah, for sure, man. It's it's like red. It's mm-hmm. really neat, man. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. has a little bit different hair. It's like halfway crossed between the buns and that circle of the Leia Bespin, but still. Right. Well, Philip, I have the most important question for any vinyl figure cape up or down. Collar up or collar down? What uh, do you say? I've always been a collar down uh, person. I kind of. Agree I know that too. that is. Uh, it's a huge controversy, but uh, you know <laughs> when they're when they're graded, uh, they're usually collar down, right? Yeah. Well, I've seen some collar ups. I'm pr- I'm firmly on the collar down uh, side for sure. I am too, man. It looks a lot like the uh, card back. It looks a lot more like what was intended. You know what I mean? You don't you don't have a pointy weird collar like that. Ever that would require a whole can of starch. <laughs> exactly, you know, you know, you know. Plus, you, you get you get more exposure for the head sculpt, and yeah. uh, while some of them are better than others, um, it's always a good thing uh, to be able to see as much of the figure as you can. Yeah, you know, because you lose I all that myself, bun and everything when the cape's up. Right. You know, I find myself torn with a similar with the Jawa. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Jawa love the freaking uh, the um, the cloth goods. Right. But yeah. the figure underneath is so interesting. That I oftentimes take take them apart. <laughs> yeah, it's a total bummer. They went away from the vinyl cape. To be honest, I think a vinyl cape Jawa looks way mm-hmm. cool compared to a regular cape. But I think the regular cape Jawa looks more movie authentic. But as far yes, as an action 100%. figure is concerned, peel the cloak off your Jawa. Mm-hmm. If you've never looked under the cloak of a Jawa, do it because mm-hmm. it is a beautifully right. sculpted figure. So well done. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the the bandoliers never see the light of day if you keep the soft goods on, yep. you know? Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what are you going to yeah. do? Oh, it's not Jawa Week. Yeah. We already did Jawa Week. I know. It's Leia it, Week. It's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. It, it was related. It was it related. It was related. <laughs> they never met each other, and we're in different movies, but close enough. <laughs> exactly. Uh, cool, man. Well, I think that's about it on the Leia Bespin. I'm tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. Imperial Commissary, how are you today? I have some questions you guys asked uh, yesterday on the thread, and I'm opening it up to any questions you have at all, any questions about me, any questions about the Imperial Commissary, anything at all. Now I have to open up another thread here, and I will have a 30-second delay, so stick around and you'll hear your question if you do ask a question. Um, But uh, I have to set it up a different way because I got this new camera. And it's not allowing me to read your comments when you comment, unless I open up the thread on another page. So I'll do that now, and hopefully we'll get some folks watching here. Um, if you have any questions, ask them. I'm more than willing to answer anything you have for questions, and uh, you can just shoot from the hip. But we'll dive right in, because this is recording for the IC Star Wars podcast. You can check it out at www.imperialcommissary.com forward slash ICSW. Uh, All right, we have questions from the Ask Mike section yesterday, and I looked up the wrong one, so let me just find it here. Yesterday, that's it. Okay. Yep, there it is. And I put up a thing, and I say, ask me anything, and I got a couple questions there, so I'll start off with one of those, but ask your questions in the comment thread. Hello, Colin, how are you? Ask your questions in the comment thread, and I will get to those as well. First up, Emma Solo. 
What was your first Star Wars figure and which figure you lost that you still think about? Uh, my first Star Wars figures were of the uh, Imperial Strikes Back line. They were not mine. I was a 1980 baby, so I was pretty much after the rush. Um, they were not mine. They were my brother's, and they were at my grandma's house, and there was a, uh Empire Strikes Back Hoth place at not any of the big walkers or anything. We didn't have money like that, but uh, like the Imperial Attack Base place at, I remember the Probot. Um, I remember Luke Hoth and the Imperial guys, and there's a Darth Vader. I still have him. He's in my collection room. This is uh, This is like my storage area but uh he's in my collection room and i still have him on my hoth playset. but i remember him i remember the snow troopers and i, I love the bad guys with masks because because when i was a little kid i was really into like knights uh like knights from england you know so i really dug that and that's what got me into those and i would say so i would say snow troopers darth vader i mean i did have a han hoth in there i did even have a leia hoth uh, no weapons, <laughs> but I do remember them, and I did inherit those all from my brother, and I still have them here. And I got his Falcon too, which was really, really cool because it was way bigger than any other toy place that I ever had. All right, um, the next one: which figure that you lost and you still think about? Actually, I didn't lose anything. Um, my mom is awesome. Uh, she kept everything. And when I started the IC a bunch of years ago, and I was like, "Hey, Ma, do I still have my Star Wars stuff?" And she was like, yeah, you know, and I was like, all right, I'll come get it. And I drove up to Connecticut, thousand miles away, drove up to Connecticut, got my stuff, hung out for a little bit with friends and family up there. And then I brought all my stuff back and it was like 99% modern. I had a handful of stuff when I was growing up. I did have a B-Wing pilot men on card, which was awesome. Power of the Force men on card, B-Wing pilot. Um, I still have it. It is an AFA 50, top notch, 5050, but uh, I love it. So nothing, I don't have any of those stories of loss and regret like that i guess my snake eyes i mean that's the only gi joe guy i had and his whole bottom broke and that was just from rough playing but i was never really that kid i usually kept everything and once i started collecting with power of the force 2 um it was i kept everything um everything we used to collect when we were little and we used to do these uh like lawn mowing jobs and stuff like that and go out shout out to my mother through mine away in torrington connecticut but uh we used to go out there and also uh, Winchester Village. It was like an antique store. And that's where I got all my vintage. And I had a bunch of friends all through uh, grade school and Little League Baseball and high school that we all used to hang out together and go grab that stuff. So that's what I still think about. Um, but I haven't lost any of them. Not yet. <laughs> Lyle Jones, if you could have a face of Reyes or the face of Weekway, what would you choose and why? Um I wouldn't want to be Reese because Reese has like really weird hands, no dexterity, and his eyes seem very unsafe for the world of Star Wars. Um, Weequay is pretty much just a humanoid looking thing. Um, he's got really sweet hair, but uh, what else? I, I mean, no, nah, I, I, as far as like a fighter, because either of those are guys that fight and, uh, as a fighter, I would much rather be a weak way than a Reese. I mean, Reese just seems so slow. I don't really understand how they fight. I'd like to see a Reese cartoon one day for that reason. Um, here, we have some questions here on the live feed. Uh, Timothy John Holmes. Hey, Michael, can I ask how you display your loose figures? Looking for inspiration for displaying loose Lily Letty with some backgrounds, Lily Letty logos, etc. Um, I had a couple different ways. My loose set is all in a beautiful acrylic um, I've upgraded to that was made by a friend of mine. Uh, and 
it's great and it lights up and it does all this stuff and it has like imperial signal symbols on the screws and it's really really cool but um originally what i did is i was getting the the cases from ian sanderson i'm looking around because i'm on live video as well to see if i have one to show you here's one it's actually got a bunch of weapons in it but these cases i had these cases and i created um individual stickers of each and every figure um so each and every figure and i put them on all the back of the cases and that's how i had it displayed so it had like a cartoon type graphic of the figure and then a label for what the figure was and that's how the figures were um until i got that full display where it's all just it's so perfect and beautiful it's uh it's the best way um but i think the best and easiest way and the way i personally have my lily letty displayed is in the michaels uh the michaels craft store the baseball bat display cases um i think i have five or six of them that have a bunch of lily letty and some vintage bootlegs all mexican stuff it's my one corner of mexico viva la mexico i love mexico but um next question Lily Letty logos, stuff like that. Just ask around, man. Folks have so many cool ideas on the IC or wherever um, on Facebook. They'll help you out. Uh, what was your toy from 1977 to 1984 era? Colin Holloway. Um, my toy was definitely Star Wars. I mean, I played with Star Wars. If you go all the way up to... I mean, I was only alive. I guess my, my toy was like squishies or something. I don't know. I was a little baby, uh, three years old. Um, I don't really remember playing with Star Wars until I was, I'd say, six or seven at my grandma's house. I remember we used to go there, and then after we would eat, we could go upstairs, and there was this room that was like a guest bedroom, I guess, but it had these tubs in it, and it had, well, they weren't tubs at the time. They were like wooden crate thingies, like, I don't know, beer crates or whatever, but uh Anyway, they you, you pull them out, and in there, there was, like, the Hoth playset, like I was talking about before, and there was, like, this really cool space, like, train thing. It had this robot that came out of it, and you could push one of three buttons, and it would, like, go forward into the side or forward into the side. I don't think it backed up because it was, like, three cars. I don't remember what it was called, but I would totally buy one of those. Um, next up. Hey, buddy. Uh, next up. Sorry, I'm scrolling through a bunch of other hellos and stuff. Hello to everyone, but I am recording this for a podcast, so I'm not going to shout everybody out or else people will tune out. Uh, next up, Joshua Kronfeldt. How did you meet Mrs. Havens? And at the time, were you both big fans of Star Wars or something you built together? Um, I was always a Star Wars fan. She didn't get into Star Wars. She was a, hey, don't tell her, but she was a Star Trek fan, but I converted her. Um, but uh, she got into Star Wars with me because I'm such a Star Wars nerd. And uh, she's a really great wife that was like, oh, I'll watch them. And now that she's watched them. See, the problem is she was she fell into that category of people that never watched Star Wars. So once she watched them and watched them with somebody, she could ask, what's that happening? Why is he doing that? Why is he, you know what I mean? Somebody that knows the answers to those things. She fell in love. I mean, she watched Empire Strikes Back. It's her favorite movie in the whole wide world now. It's crazy but i mean she was a girl girl that grew up at you know she was doing gone with the wind and stuff like that so i uh i don't know she she's definitely she is so much more a star wars nerd than me i get more uh more text messages and uh messenger messages from her about star wars stuff than anybody else i know which is wonderful and it's wild and it's so great to share it together but um she didn't get into it until she watched the movies and then once she watched the last jedi she loved ray she loved that character or not the last jedi uh 
The Force Awakens, oh my goodness. But uh, The Force Awakens, she loved that character. She loved the Rey character. She loved BB-8, but so did I. I mean, I had so much fun. This last movie, The Rise of Skywalker, I had a blast watching it. And um, I watched it like, I don't know, 17 times or something wild. But it, it was awesome. And uh, if it was so, well, I, I liked it a lot. Anyway... Um, what, what else did you ask? Oh, where do we meet? We met at a Blockbuster video touring to Connecticut. Blockbuster. Wow. What a difference. But uh, we were working at a Blockbuster video. She was the head store manager's sister. And but she worked there before and she was a manager before. But at the time I was the manager. So technically I outrank her. Um, at least I did a Blockbuster. But uh, she'll, she'll never admit that. She'll always tell you that she was there longer. But she was technically. But she had a different job. And then she went back to that job. Anyway. Blockbuster video, because uh, what I did is I went to college, and after college, what does everyone do? They move back to the place of their birth and work for minimum wage. <laughs> so I tried that out, and uh, that's the reason why we moved down here to beautiful, wonderful Tennessee that has given me so many opportunities and so many Boba Fetts. It's uh, really, really awesome. Uh, next up. All right, we have Edward Sprague. Hey, Michael, Ed from Wales. Any reason why Yak Face wasn't released in America? Or am I wrong? I had mine when I was seven years old. I remember being it being readily available in Wales in the UK. Yak Face was at the very end of the line. The problem was uh, the figures weren't selling already. So Power of the Force wasn't selling already. So when Yak Face came at the end of the line, they didn't bother releasing it in America. They only did the UK, Australia, and Canada. But those were all really, really connected at the time of Yak Face. So I'm quite sure it was a, a trade thing. I don't know personally. But I do know it was at the very end of the line and they already weren't selling in America. So a lot of the lines got nixed. That's why we lost the, uh, like, Glass Leap makes the, uh, what is it, the Droids R2. And they made a bunch of different stuff at the end end of the line once it was already dead. Um it just died off in America. Once the movie was over, once the third movie was over, people thought that was that. I mean, it came out spouting trilogy since Empire Strikes came out. And they were like, uh, here, spoiler alert to everybody that doesn't know. But they were like, Luke, I am your father. As soon as they did that and they left that break where they're standing in the medical frigate, they told you it was going to be three. It was going to be three. And all they did was pound that three, three, three down everybody's head. So once it was over, people thought it was over. I mean, do you collect Fifth Element toys? It's over. Um, Bruce Willis is not going to pop out of the woodwork and do Fifth Element 2, the return of Ruby Rod. <laughs> uh, next up. But yes, they were readily available in the UK. There are tales, tales, mind you, that um, pellets full of them were buried in a landfill in Colville up in England. One day I'm going to get out there with a backhoe. You watch. A backhoe and a yak face detector. Hey, Michael, do you have the Argentinian Top Toys figures from Return of the Jedi? Which is your favorite? Yes, sir, I do. I actually love collecting Top Toys. They're one of my favorite figures to collect because they are what bridges the gap between uh, officially licensed and bootlegs. And I love both those things. Um, so these come right in the middle because they are completely officially licensed. But they kind of look like... Somebody manufactured them with only the information they got from a random phone call from overseas. So 
they have like no peg holes. They have, I have a whole bunch here and I would show you if I'm not recording a podcast for audio only. Um, but PM me sometime. I'll send you some pictures, but yeah, I have a bunch of carded ones and stuff like that. They're incredibly hard to find. I'm still looking for upgrades on my Luke Jedi and my, uh, Yoda. Um, and even to tell you the truth, I would definitely do an upgrade on my low gray, but it's not necessary. It's just a squish bubble. Um, but those ones I'm looking for upgrades still, they are extremely hard to find, they take forever if it's a focus you want to do. But the wonderful thing is, is there's only seven of them, I think, right? Seven. There's Vader and Luke and Chewie and Logre and Chirpa and Stormtrooper. Who's left? I don't know. Maybe I'm forgetting one. There's one more in there. Did I say Luke Jedi? I don't know. Anyway, I'm going off the top of my head. But. They're a really fun focus, and you could get weird little things that come from Argentina, too. I actually have a large Argentina focus just because I happen to have it right here on my desk. I'm going to show these. Um, you're not going to know what they are on the podcast, but they're actually the tops of Doriana margarine containers, and they're really, really hard to get, and there's, I think, another 12 in this set. So I'm searching. If you, if you happen to have an old sour cream container in your fridge from uh, the 80s, let me know. I'm your guy. Uh, next up. Joshua, yeah, no worries. Um, Scott Singer, what brand of headphones are those and how do you like them? I record on a, I don't know, they got a wolf that lights up on the side, which is pretty cool. That's the brand they are. Wolf brand. Here, let me look. They are called Senti, S-E-N-T-E-Y. If Senti would like to give me a giant um, check for just hyping them up on my podcast, feel free. But uh, no, I bought them cheap. Amazon, I think they were like... $70 marked down to like $40 or something like that. They were cheap and that's all I use. They come out pretty good. I haven't had any complaints, but um, that's because I have such a beautiful voice. <laughs> uh, next up. Any further consideration of the Jawa being the ICC Con 2021 VIP badge? Well, you know what? We, we could think about that because my wife's a Jawa person. Um, and I actually already have the artist lined up. So maybe, yeah, why not? Send me an email or something. Send me an email. Go to the icnashville.com page and send me an email. And I'll, 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 why not? Maybe, but I don't know. Don't want people knocking off the badges. Sonny Thompson, I always like, I always see you like this. Do you ever post pics of your collection and how it's displayed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, search my name, click on my name, uh, or send me a PM or we could do a thing where we post pictures of our collections, but yeah, it's out there. Search, <laughs> search, and you will behold. You always see me like this because this is the room where I have one, two, three, four monitors, a nice fan, a whole bunch of Star Wars toys, and an actual giant computer desk. Like, I mean, the desk is all the way out here. It's even off, off camera. But this is my uh, quote unquote selling room because I buy massive collections. And when I buy those massive collections, there's a bunch of stuff in there I already have or I don't want or doesn't fit in my collection. Um, and that's why there you go. But you know what? I am going to go live on the 12 back group. They've been doing this thing called Celebration Worldwide where you walk around your collection room. And I am going to go live on there. And then you can check out that video. But um, it's it, if you want to imagine it, it's like a Bennigan's much like this. It's like a Bennigan's. There's literally something in every inch of the walls. Actually, this is way worse if I showed you. It's all stickers and stuff. So it's a whole wall of stickers. All right. Next question. Jap VP Hofker. How many hours are you into Star Wars related per day? And hi. Hi, brother. How are you? Uh, I do probably 
five to eight hours of Star Wars. I work from home. All my businesses are home-based businesses. So I do everything here. So for example, I'll run you down my day to day. I woke up, I worked um, trucking company from 8am. Well, no, probably 7am because it's 8am East coast time, Uh, 8am until about 10, I think this morning. And then I went and read the book on the IC. And then what I did is I had lunch and now I'm doing this on the IC. And then I have the rest of the podcast to record later. And then I have to do the hotel. I have to look at a couple hotel things to talk with them because the room book through the room block, icnashville.com. But uh, the room block link thing is not showing me right on my event. Well, it doesn't matter, but it's on the event thing in the background. The thing I look at, it's not loading the numbers right because the inputs were wrong, but it's a silly little problem that'll be an easy fix. So that'll be like 15 minutes. I have a conference call with Philip, who is Philip Brown, who's the convention manager for ICCCon um, after this. And then... What else? Plus, he's going to help me with recording the podcast from now on. So besides the Ask Mike section, and then we will have that. What else do I have to do today? It's tough to go off the head, but that's it. I think that's it. And then my wife gets home at five because she's still in essential personnel. Um, so thank you very much, dear, for working. But um, that's it. And then we'll have dinner and we'll watch a show and I do whatever in the background because it's always on a phone. I mean, I could literally be doing it right now. Um, and I'm one of those people that works all the time. I like it. So the more I can grow the ICCC and the IC, the more, I don't know, I won't have to do my regular jobs anymore, which wouldn't that be nice, but that's not true. I mean, it's going to take at least another five, seven years of ICC con before it actually becomes good enough and fun enough. Well, no, it's great. Um, before, you know, 70,000 people walk through the door and, I'm flying around on my own personal Millennium Falcon, right? No, (laughs) that'll never happen because I'll just keep getting bigger guest stars and waste more and more money. Uh, All right. Chewbacca, Luke, Vader, Chirpa, Low Gray, Stormtrooper, and Yoda. Yes, those are the top toys. You are only missing Chewbacca. Well, Agnes, brother, or August, August Terre? Listen, brother, if you ever are looking to sell, I'm your Huckleberry. You know, when your kid has to go to college and you're like, hey, you know, top toys will pay for that. Remember, Mike Havens is there for you. How tall are you and what size shirts do you wear? Sorry if that's personal. Well, shoot, man. I said you could ask me anything. Uh, I wear a 5X and I am six foot eight inches tall. Legitimate, like on a license. Got a duck under a lot of doors because of that arm thing. <laughs> Mike, what's the count on your loose bobas? Man, I don't know, John. JP, brother, I'm sorry. I don't know. I uh, stopped counting when I hit like 350, but uh, that was just my Boba Fett tower. And um, I don't know. I still buy them and I still sell them and get rid of them and whatever. It's just, I don't know. I have so many. It's really out of control. It's a matter of counting. But tune into that video on the 12 back page. You'll see. Hey, Michael, talking the original Empire films, Empire aged, Empire has aged perfectly and will probably forever hold up as a truly great film. Contrarily, uh-oh, Return of the Jedi seems to just get worse. Agree or disagree? Does Return of the Jedi have any redeeming qualities, and what are they to you? Wow. That's a tough question. Well, number one, I love Return of the Jedi. It's the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. Uh, I love everything about it. I think the fight scene between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker at the end, when Luke Skywalker bends over to the dark side to actually hack Vader up um, is one of the most moving scenes in the history of movies. Uh, 
Empire Strikes Back is a phenomenal movie. It's phenomenal all around. Absolutely. But I loved Return of the Jedi. I loved it. Um, I didn't love the special editions, but I mean, I did love the special editions at the time. I was so happy. I got a chance to see all Star Wars movies in the movie theaters. Did they change some parts? For sure. Did I love the parts they changes? I don't know, man. They they were jarring to someone that's seen the movie a hundred thousand times. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 I was so happy to see him and so thankful to see him in the movie theater. And I mean, I never had that opportunity being born in 1980. Nobody brought me into a movie theater, you know, at three years old. And I certainly don't remember it if they did, but, um, yeah, I loved Return of the Jedi. Did it have any redeeming qualities? It had a million redeeming qualities. I mean, we found out Luke was Luke and Leia, our brother and sister, and we saw the Falcon do really cool stuff and Lando and Nine Numb, and they blew up the Death Star. And there was the whole battle between the Emperor. We saw Emperor's Royal Guards, redeeming qualities, man. We got the ERG from ROTJ. We got the Biker Scout. We got the Speeder Bike. We got Endor. We got ATSTs. We got what else did we get? Oh, yes. Did it have redeeming qualities? Absolutely. Think of the wonderful things that we would not have without Return of the Jedi. Like, well, no, the Shuttle Tidarium was in, well, was the Shuttle? No, Shuttle Tidarium was in Empire also. But whatever. Still, dude, the skiff. The skiff. I love the skiff. Sail barge. Job of the hut, man. Boba Fett's mistakenly crashing into a pit of dirt that he got out of <laughs> all right can we replay this yes you can replay this because it will be on the ic star wars podcast uh, also it'll be live on the ic so as soon as this video is done it'll upload on the ic um the acting doesn't bother you no man not at all i loved return of the jedi return <laughs> unbelievable movie um and Michael Lester does say hey, Boba Fett died, though. Hmm. He did not. He got out of the Sarlacc pit. He was wearing armor. And whatever people say, here's the thing. People always love to go to that when it's like, you're a Boba Fett guy. Yeah, I am. I love Boba Fett. Everybody loves Boba Fett. Don't try to pretend you don't love Boba Fett. The reason why everybody loves a Mandalorian is because he looks like Boba Fett. That's it. Boba Fett is one of the most incredibly designed characters in the history of anything ever. Uh, if you ever wonder why the Game of Thrones guy has like really cool armor, that's because Boba Fett did it first. But uh, so give respect to Boba Fett. He was awesome. He is awesome. And he did escape that Sarlacc pit. He had Boba Fett armor on. And Michael Lester, there we go. He's the man. You are right, sir. He is the man. All right, we got one more question over here on the static display. Kevin Spruitt, if you do all this full-time, you never get fed up with Star Wars? Uh, I don't do all this full-time, man. I'm a crazy person. I talked about this on my live sale the other day because people were like, how do you do this? The reason why I do it is because, like I just said, I ran you down my day, and I still have... I could technically do a live sale tonight. I have enough time, but I'd rather spend it with my wife and watch some TV shows. Been watching Corner Gas out of Canada. I think it's hilarious. Check it out. <laughs> but uh, no, this isn't my job full time. And do I ever get sick of Star Wars? No, I was one of those nerds. Man, I saw this last Star Wars movie 17 times. All right, here's a little secret. <laughs> I saw episode one in the movie theater probably 21 times in the movie theater at the uh 
release of episode one, I missed out on my Luke Jedi figure because I was fake fighting with my buddy, Mark. I won't toss his last name out there because it's because uh, I don't want to be that guy. But we were totally fighting right in front of the the Lowe's movie theater in Torrington, Connecticut, lightsaber duel. And then we hopped in my Mercury Cougar 1987 or 88. No, 1987 Mercury Cougar, hopped in my Cougar, drove over to the Kmart parking lot and just changed it to regular clothes and went back over there. Because we went like all out, like on a dumpster and whatnot. It was cool. Um, No, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is my escape. See, the thing is, here's the hook, man. My real life job, my real life job is this trucking company. And this trucking company, what it does is it requires me to have really difficult conversations about very massive amounts of money that could shut down things like Chrysler. Um, it's stressful. It's tough. It's not easy. And, uh, (laughs) that's anyway, um, that's why I escape. I escape and I get to do that job in this kind of shirt, which is wonderful and this kind of hat. And I get to do it in shorts in my house surrounded by star Wars toys. I mean, they don't see in this room. There's no conversations like that. I mean, I'm talking to people in Germany and stuff like that. And video conference hasn't really broken into the uh, trucking industry, but um, I don't know. I, my real job is tough, man. So I am looking for the escape of the IC as much as every single member of that board, every single member of the ICCC, every single person that comes to the conventions. We don't go to them because we have free time. Um, sometimes it takes our free time. We go to them because that's what we want to do in our free time. And I want to play Star Wars in my free time. It's my favorite thing. So no, I don't get sick of it. Um, plus, there's like 8 million movies and 30,000 cartoons, dude. You don't have to watch the same thing every single weekend. But I do tend to watch Empire Strikes Back pretty much every single weekend. But then you get a nice nap after mowing the lawn and you're watching Empire Strikes Back. So I don't know. I uh, No, I love it. <laughs> uh, Shiva Lagoria named my cat Boba. I love him so much. Nice. Uh, Johnny JP, do you like the Mandalorian? Um, yeah, man, I love the Mandalorian. I think it's awesome. I can't wait. They're going to be releasing a new Mandalorian clip coming up on Disney plus, which is cool. And, uh, no, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's awesome how he hasn't like taken off his helmet and there's rules and it's very Boba Fetty. And I'll tell you, Boba Fett's going to make an appearance in that show. You watch. Um, are you, or were you a trucker, Mike? Howdy, Adam Chavez. Uh, no, I was not a trucker brother. Um, I love truckers. You guys keep our world rolling. Um, I am the guy that's calling the trucking, the truckers and saying, Hey guy, these guys are down my back. When are you going to be there? Give me this seal number. Let me get this. Or if the truck has a problem in the port, like an overweight issue, I'm the guy who gets everything set up to get it redistributed in that container. And then I'm the one that gets an appointment set up and pretty much a dispatcher, but it's my company with my, uh, my buddy, Ed Fedorovich. And, uh, that's, that's what we do. We move containerized freight long haul out of New York and New Jersey. Um, and that's it for the questions. So that is the Ask Mike section. It looks good. Um, we're coming up on 28 minutes, so that is the perfect amount of time. So thank you very much for joining me. We'll do this again sometime. Have a great day. I will talk to you soon.
Welcome to this brand new section of IC Star Wars where we're going to talk the news. I'm here with my co-host Philip Brown and what we're going to do is we're going to do something a little bit different than regular news stations. Since we're so fully immersed in the Star Wars community and since pretty much every single day we're doing something Star Wars, we're just going to talk about whatever we've heard about lately, which will in turn be the news. So Philip, what do you think of that? I think that sounds great, Mike. I do too, man. Well, the first thing we're going to start off with is it's been 40 years. 40 years since Empire Strikes Back came out in theaters. May 21st, 1980. People were first able to see Empire Strikes Back. I had been alive absolutely zero years so far, so I didn't have the opportunity. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Philip did. You remember what it was like? Oh, yeah, I was 10 years old. I remember standing in line uh, at a theater, I believe the United Artists Theater in Upland on that day uh, with my dad and brothers uh, just waiting to, you know, with, with, until, I mean, you know, back in those days, you know, people stood in line for concert tickets and all those types of things. So it was that kind of party on the streets of Upland, California back in the day. But it was just a magical time. You know, Mike, if Star Wars threw some major, major punches, uh, at the sci-fi genre and, and creating magic for kids and families, Empire Strikes Back through the knockout blow without question. I mean, it was just, just uh, an amazing second chapter to the story we all, all love and cherish today. And what Kenner did with that was just amazing after the fact. Yeah, they went into, shoot, man, what was it, 29 different figures for the Empire Strikes Back wave? Um, They came out all the way up to, what, 41 backs? And uh, they had everything cool, especially, especially Boba Fett. Boba Fett got released. On a, uh, yeah, he got released on a 20-back Canadian, technically, and a 21-back Kenner American Star Wars uh, card. Uh, but he was also all through the ESB line. I guess you could technically call him a Star Wars figure, but he didn't make an appearance in the uh, later-named New Hope. He uh, did make his first appearance in Empire Strikes Back. Number one in your hearts. He's awesome, Boba Fett. So anyway, you oh, can talk absolutely. about the other uh, 28 characters there, Philip. <laughs> yeah, I think you got that one covered. Uh, no, but just the uh, expansion of the the, the Kenner line, uh, and, and one thing I always appreciated all the way through Return of the Jedi was the variations of figures between aliens, the human characters, droids. I mean, there was just so much to to, to have fun with, so much to play with. And uh, one of my favorite figures from the line was FX7, and I can't tell you why, except I had a whole bunch of fun playing with all those arms and pretending that Luke was in the freaking back to chamber, right, kind of a thing, or putting him <laughs> in a glass of water. Just, just, just a great line. Um, the playability Yoda, was awesome. Uh, Yoda, top notch. You got the snow troopers, man. Which are, oh. yeah. uh, you know what was really awesome? Uh, here, a throwback to the time where they actually believed that uh, children wouldn't eat literally everything on the planet. C-3PO removable limbs. Here's teeny tiny pieces. <laughs> exactly. Don't worry about it. And we hot dipped them in chrome. Your kid will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they gave us 3PO with uh, removable limbs, but they wouldn't give us a Boba Fett with a firing rocket. I know, right? Well, well, that's because Boba's too dangerous. (laughs) Plus, he's too awesome already. If they did that, I mean, Mm -hmm. what would be the point of any other figure? Let's be honest. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) 
But, you know, from a vintage perspective, uh, not only were the figures awesome, I mean, you got Boba Fett, you got the Adat Driver, you got Forlom, Zuck, I mean, you have all the bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, you know, Yoda. Yeah, exactly. Ugnots. Yeah. I mean, who put Ugnots? But we had all that. But then the expansion of the play sets mm-hmm. and the vehicles yeah. was just, I mean, just knocked it out of the park. The whole I mean, play sets are what we had to start with was. Oh, the hot yeah. play sets. Uh, my my favorite vehicle of all time, the Adat. Uh, you know, imagine me opening up that uh, that Christmas 1980, uh, and and you know, thousands of kids across the country, probably tens of thousands, uh, and just spending a week looking at that thing, putting it together, playing with it. Uh, it was a super magical time, and just uh, just good stuff. So you know, it took. It took the the drug of Star Wars and amplified it uh, a thousand times, and I think you know really that's when um, and the collectors I think at that time started to really pay attention, right? Yeah. Um, we well, all, it wasn't everyone just knows a one that, one one and done. You know, it wasn't a one hit wonder. They knew exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but everyone knows that Lucas. You know, created the the merchandising around um, uh, sci-fi movies, and nobody really got it. You know, between '78 and '80, uh, or they got it over time. But uh, uh, once *Empire Strikes Back* came out, you know, everyone understood. Not only was this fun and magical, but there was going to be a legacy for these action figures. Uh, and that's why you see a heck of a lot more carded ESB figures these days, and even a heck of a lot more Jedi figures these days, because people started to understand that not only was there magic, but there could be value, and there could be there's memories and legacy here. Yeah. Also, they were able to start going into a lot more variations and different kind of deals and stuff like that. Kenner was much more on its feet by the time Empire Strokes, Strikes Back came around. Um, so they really, really blew up the line. And the vehicles, man, yeah, the vehicles. Phenomenal vehicles. Phenomenal playsets. Mm-hmm. Just awesome, man. I mean, that Hoth playset I played with, it was upstairs at my grandma's house, man. And I played with that playset. Shoot. I blew up that bridge about 200,000 times. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the ice bridge man with that little button yeah yeah another figure i like to point out you know i, I was never uh this this is probably heresy but i was never a big fan of the original stormtrooper figure right um but the snow trooper the adat driver those things just those caught my imagination back in the day and I, I fell in love with those and i began liking troopers after the fact um well i'll tell you that adat the driver troopers. man that Adat driver got me. When I was a kid, um, I didn't have all the different figures. I didn't have Stormtroopers mm-hmm. and all these different ones. I had Adat driver. I had just Hoth figures, really. You know what I mean? And that right. Adat mm-hmm. driver stood in for like every other figure, every other bad guy figure. I didn't even have a Boba Fett. I'm sure that Adat <laughs> driver stood in for Boba Fett sometimes. You know what I mean? So, uh-huh. uh, right. Because see, I started so late, man. I was <laughs> I was not going to the store. I was not opening them Christmas morning. I was buying the chin guns for an Adat from the vintage toy store, uh, Winchester antiques right. vintage toy store in like Winston, uh-huh. Connecticut or Torrington, Connecticut. And, uh, so that's where I got into it. But yeah, man, what a, what a vehicle, what a vehicle. And you could Absol- hang Luke off that mm-hmm. thing, man. And you can fit in some mini rigs in there. And I don't know. It's really cool. And it has, Oh yeah. Guns. And you can get, 
Yeah, and you could get packing peanuts, throw them on the floor, put your ad up, put your hot place sets, put you know your snow speeder, and all of a sudden you've got a battle scene in the middle of your room. Yeah. Just freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they really hit their stride, man. They really hit their stride. It was yeah. a really phenomenal, phenomenal line. A lot of fun to collect too. Right. Yeah. And one of the best movies to so, watch. Actually, we're on a uh, Skype call here, Philip and I, and he's got Empire Strikes Back in the background, so that's very cool. I could see Empire Strikes Back going on behind him. <laughs> But it's I think it's the most rewatchable movie of all time. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike, you know, I, I I know you pretty well these days and I and I remember uh uh some of your views on modern stuff. Uh, Hasbro is uh uh, in the follow-up to the um, uh, the 40th anniversary Star Wars figures that they re-released, there now, uh, as you can see, there's two waves. It looks like already of the 40th anniversary six-inch black series uh, carded uh, action figures. Uh, what do you think about those? You- I don't know. Is that the uh, retro collection thing? Something different? No, not the retro collection. It's the uh, I see what you're doing there, Mike. I'm gonna, I'm gonna and I'm going to tell you. Uh, I did uh, two complete runs of the Star Wars uh, um, uh, Black Series 40th anniversary, and I think I'm going to be all in on these uh, ESB uh, uh, ESP 40th anniversary. I just think they're really cool. Are they uh, nice? Man? And I have a couple Black Series. I do, man. I have the Han Solo with uh, removable Stormtrooper outfit. I think there's some really good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, even the Darth Maul is very yeah. cool. And I collected the Disney diecast, which is kind of like the black series mm-hmm. i mean just a little bit heavier <laughs> but um right, 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 no right. it's just not it's uh what what am i what am i trying to say i i find that uh i i only buy the certain things that i really like now in these lines so i probably mm-hmm. wouldn't do a run or something like that whereas you're doing a run mm-hmm. but i wouldn't do a run i'd be like right. all right well that one looks really cool i'll buy it and that's how it is i i uh i usually fit into wherever i have little empty spots in my room uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that'll fit a black series, you know what I mean? And that's when I throw one up there, and it's something <laughs> random, but I like I like the one it is. Yeah. But that's how I collect modern. I still buy it. Yeah. I mean, I bought a well, few of those, uh, the new Bobas, the retro collection Bobas, but I figured that's because I could finally mm-hmm. tie a Boba Fett to a rocket, you know? I always wanted to do that, and they've always been like $35, and I can't just do that. That's inappropriate, and it's vintage. Exactly. But now I can exactly. for 15 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, for those that are interested, uh, Wave 1 includes uh, Luke Bespin, uh, Leia Hoth, uh, Han Bespin, Anna Driver, and Yoda. Now, that Yoda was recently released as an archive Black Series figure, so... um, you know, they have these really clever re- ways of repacking things to get you to buy them based on the uh, the card backs. And I'll probably take the plunge because it's only 20 bucks. What are you going to do? Right. And uh, uh, Wave 2 is on deck uh, for pre-order. And that includes Lando, a Hoth Rebel soldier. Uh, the coolest figure, I think, in this, this line is, they, is a, there's an R2, uh, a Dagobah R2 that has all the dirt and grime all over him, and it's got uh, uh, a Dagobah card back. And, of course, uh, Luke X-Wing, which I've got probably about a thousand of those, mm-hmm. and then the TIE Fighter. So it looks it's fun. You know, here's the thing. It's fun. It's fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be all in on these. Are they um, looking really cool? Are yeah. the sculpts cool and stuff like that? The sculpts are great. You know, they're, they're Black Series figures. So, yeah. I mean, Black Series they do a good really job. wins with with the detail and they always get me when they 
release uh, Black Series figures on vintage card backs. Yeah, um, the things as far as me for Modern Man, I mean, I did buy my very first modern prototype ever in the history of the world. Um, I did. That. What was that? Uh, it ended up being a uh, a Nabu Royal Palace Guard. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why is I actually I have a screen used hat, a screen used prop hat of the Nabu Royal Palace Guard, right from Episode One, and uh, I bought that because right. it was screen used, and I'm like, that's awesome. You could look at it on the movie. I want it, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. I had that, and then I ended up getting a proof card for the design of the Power of the Force Two card back, and then I just ended up mm-hmm. buying the prototype for it. So somehow, me, Mister Vintage or Mister Modern Cromudgeon has been uh, collecting, uh, what is it, Bespin Royal Nabu Guards, or Nabu Royal Guards, I don't even know what to call them, Nabu Royal Guard uh, right. pre-productions and proofs and stuff like that. So if you have any, yes, I am a sucker for those. And to tell you the truth, I never really cared for the character. Never did it for me, but yeah. I, I, it happens a lot in collecting, where you get one thing and then it just mm-hmm. turns into this snowball rolling downhill, and you're like, yeah, I want more. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, things that are unique like that, you know, that there's stories around, they're, they're always great to collect, yeah. you know, whether Plus, or not uh, you liked, uh, like Well, I, I mean, I'm really not in the camp of not liking uh, Phantom Menace, even though I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I tease about it or whatever, like any vintage collector does. Um, I Man, mm-hmm. I saw that movie a ton, like a ton. I loved parts of that movie. I mean, I remember that movie coming out. That was the first way to really get that new Star Wars thing. I mean, if you can't remember what it felt like walking into that movie theater, and for me, that feeling lasted for, shoot, man, like five, six weeks. I saw it in the movie theater a lot. Even after, like, people oh, were, yeah. like, bashing it and this, that, and the other thing for Jar Jar or whatever, it still had great parts, mm-hmm. man. It had great parts. It had more lightsaber action than anything we've ever seen before. We didn't have the Rebels TV show or the Clone Wars TV show where they're having lightsaber duels every episode like it's blind fighting wildness, you know? Um, we didn't have that. Right. We had an old Sith Lord in Darth Vader and an old old Jedi and Obi-Wan going, I mean, like two old guys fighting lightsabers. I mean, which is understandable because of their age and limitations. Um, and then you figure Luke was just trained by like a 90 year old guy and a 900 year old guy. So he fought like an old man too. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, uh, that was the first one where we really saw any kind of lightsaber wielding or anything like that you know when darth maul oh, yeah. fought when it dun 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 dude mm-hmm. when that happened and those doors open up it was awesome yeah and it was so awesome that they yeah. killed him in that movie and they still brought him back to life and put legs on him because he's that awesome of a figure and uh because he know, was that cool exactly yeah i know philip hasn't seen the most recent clone wars and we would never do spoilers to you anyway but uh watch the most recent <laughs> clone wars the uh the the most recent two episodes are really 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 well done if you don't even watch cartoons or you whatever it doesn't matter if you like star wars watch them um awesome awesome so go do that philip that's your that's your homework for tonight <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> You're, you're revealing my inadequacies here. <laughs> I know. Well, we can only catch up so much, uh, man. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna, you know, if we weren't on lockdown, 
that'd I know, be a different right? story. I but, know. Uh, well, there we go. I, you know, guess, I, gotta, I, I guess just, that's going to pull us into something else. Oh, go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah, no, I just wanted to jump back to the, uh, um, the shift from that Phantom Menace brought in to single-handed lightsaber battles versus double-handed, like, Claymore uh, was a really, really good. I mean, it just allowed for so much more cool choreography oh, yeah. with, uh, with, with, with the lightsaber battles. It was the greatest thing ever. Well, plus it came in a time where it was after there were many more, I mean, shoot, even MacGyvers and stuff like that had great fight scenes. You know what I mean? Um, right, like right. Fight right. scenes became a thing. It wasn't just like very, very old Kung Fu movies where you get a good fight scene in. I mean, right. they started coming into movies, which was really cool. And I, I, I don't know. I really mm. liked, I mean, I think... That that movie, nobody would be able to pick on that movie or tease that movie at all with 40 minutes of editing. 40 minutes of just taking exactly. out little bits here and there. It really wasn't, I don't know, man. It was cool. It was cool. I liked it. And you know what? It brought a whole new generation to Star Wars. And there's lots of kids that that's their Star Wars. And it's wonderful. And they love it. And that's great, man. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's why anybody that wants to pick on the movies or the new this or the new that, you know what? Maybe it's not for you, but it's for somebody. And if it brings one more person into this wonderful Star Wars world that we share, what's the problem with it? You don't have to love everything. Exactly. I mean, you know how many Star Wars books there are there, man? (laughs) It's like 10 billion Star oh, yeah. Wars books. I mean, you're not going to love every single one. Um, and that's okay. Exactly. Because maybe it's not written for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so thankful that we have all... so much of it, man. Because you can choose. You're oh, yeah. always yeah. busy. There's always something else. <laughs> it's all about magic. It's all about stories. It's all about family. And yeah. it's, you know, it's the greatest thing in the world. But that's uh, the best part. And, you know, some it, people man, like magic. this. They don't like that, you know. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but uh, you know, some people like it, some people don't like it. They get too, you know, they butt heads too much. The fandom has been fractured over things. I just think it's all kind of ridiculous. And let's just have fun with it, man. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason that you have mm-hmm. to play like everybody else and just play with everybody else. Take those old school things that we have, those things that we have ingrained in us from our parents and our parents' parents, and. Play nice. I mean, it's so much more fun. What's the worst that can happen? Somebody doesn't have all the same exact opinions as you? Oh, my goodness. How terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we did, we'd all be like, I don't know, walking around like in, I don't know, I don't even know. What's a good analogy? (laughs) iRobot? That wasn't even a good movie, let alone a good analogy. (laughs) iRobot, Mr. Robot, uh, something. Well, we we wouldn't have this. Yeah, we wouldn't have this. No, nope, that, uh, that would be a shame. I mean, one of my greatest. Uh, uh, I am so grateful that I was born at a time where I could see the entire uh, Skywalker saga in the theaters. Right. I mean, I lived during Star Wars, so good times. <laughs> yeah, no, man. I mean, I've lived through only. I've had six of them, seven of them with Rogue One, eight of them with Solo, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I don't know. I've loved every minute of it, and I still get that excitement when I go to watch it, and uh, I have that excitement all the way through. 
and I have that excitement after the fact. I mean, shoot, Disney Plus is coming out with a brand new season of The Mandalorian. They're coming out with a trailer release or a behind-the-scenes or something like next week. They got the Clone Wars going on. I hear there's talk of Rebels, maybe. Uh, there's a new series that they're talking about coming out. Uh, they have Celebration in August, so you know that they're going to pitch stuff at Celebration. I mean, that's what Celebration does. It tells you about the new Star Wars stuff coming out. Um, so they have right. stuff planned. They have that Obi-Wan plan. They have Cassian and uh, K2 plans. Um, and we get, what is it? The Rise of Skywalker. What, next week on Disney Plus, I think. Which is pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's crazy. In 4K, it's high definition, cool. so- stuck at home. Yeah, you know, say what you want about Disney, but they but they just keep it coming. And you know, look, if you don't like something, uh, there's something to love. The Mandalorian just knocked it out of the park. Obviously, um, yeah. I can't wait for, for for the next season, the fall. Um, uh, what do you make of them uh, uh, or the rumors that they're casting in Ahsoka for the Mandalorian? Yeah, is that rumors or have they locked her down? If it's just rumors, we won't. Mention. I don't. I don't know if they've locked her down yet. But, uh, yeah, yeah I don't I'm, know. I, I, I'm I, cut. Well, it depends on how they work her in. You know what I mean? If they work her in right. as just like, mm-hmm. here's Ahsoka Tano because she uh, tracks it, uh, like people liking her character at 98%. I mean, I don't want that, man. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, here's right, Ahsoka right. Tano because this and this and this happened, which they still have time to put in at the Clone Wars, which they may be, that Clone Wars cartoon. Mm-hmm. And if they... Uh, Dude, right. this, this, and this happened that put her on the path to end up in the path of the Mandalorian for whatever reason? Fine. You know what I mean? But if they just try to be like, right. do, 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 walking into a bar on some random planet, oh, hi, Ahsoka Tano. And she's like, hi, guys. That's going to be like, what are you doing, man? But they wouldn't do that, <laughs> you know? But, like, I, I don't know. Right. I, I like when it, they have to, that's the problem and the wonder of Star Wars, it's a double-edged sword, is they have to have it all fit. Because there's a million uh, people out there that do exactly what we're doing and think about it and wonder about it and ask this question and that question and dig it apart. And so they have to really plan for that. So as long as they work her in properly... But, I mean, it's Filoni that does a Clone Wars and it's, you know, Filoni that does the Mandalorian. So... I mean, I, well, not completely alone, Favreau and everything and all the other directors, but it's that guy mm-hmm. is the common glue between those two shows. You know what I mean? Plus, uh, well, yeah, I can't, I can't spoil any Clone Wars, but you can you can tell it's I think it's going to start going there. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, so I, I hope, dude, I don't think they're going to mess it up. I think those two guys have not only their finger on the pulse of what the Star Wars community wants, but I also think that they are such huge, huge Star Wars fans themselves that they, I mean, you're in good hands with Allstate. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. They, yeah, they, they, they definitely knocked it out of the park. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it's hard to uh, to kind of sort of classify what I like the most from the the Disney era of Star Wars storytelling, but the Mandalorian, I think for me, since the top, it just spoke to me in ways that, uh, even, even more than rogue one. I loved rogue one, but the Mandalorian just, just killed it. Just killed it. I liked rogue one. Um, I did like it a lot. Uh, but Mm -hmm. no, man, I even, I even liked, I liked the force awakens, man. And I really, really liked the rise of Skywalker. Um, 
I feel mm-hmm. The Mandalorian is by far the best half an hour show that exists or that has existed. I mean, it's a oh, half yeah. an hour show and it's mm-hmm. epically mind blowing. Right. Do you know how hard that is to do in a half an yes. hour? I mean, everything you have in a half an hour is like a <laughs> Cheers episode, and it's kind of funny when, like, Sam drives a boat this week, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not what's going on in The Mandalorian. It's like, here's an entire story, 23 minutes. It's like, what? Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. it's really well done. I love it, man. And I even bought one of mm-hmm. those, uh, there was this Mando rifle on Etsy, and it was way too much money, and that was modern I bought. But it's really cool looking. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, like, put out a ton of time and was like, here. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. here, here's yeah. weird money. Take that. Give me that mm-hmm. thing that isn't even a real functioning rifle, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else is in the okay, news? Cool. Anything else? Unfortunately, it's been one year since uh, Chewbacca himself, Mr. Peter Mayhew, has left us. But um, I don't know. What can you say? It's a great guy. Great charity. The charity's still running. They still do stuff. Um, yep. I don't know. Peter Mayhew Foundation, yeah, he, check it out. Yeah, he's, he made a giant, furry, Bigfoot, menacing character just as something that you just love and um, has been in almost all the uh, the movies. So just just uh, he created lots of magic for everybody, just like everybody else did. So, well, see, anything uh, – any, uh, We miss them. Any suit, any any outfit could be worn by anyone, but it's the characteristics of these guys underneath them that really – make it make that connection i mean that tilt of the head the certain wookie roars and stuff like that of chewbacca of of peter mayhew's chewbacca mm-hmm. are um even the new chewbacca i mean he sat with peter mayhew and he did all that stuff in order to learn those mannerisms the best he could um because he made you believe that that was not I, it never crossed my mind until shoot 20 something years old i bet that chewbacca was not Chewbacca. It never was like that's a guy in a suit. It never crossed. Did it ever really hit you in the face like that as a little kid? I mean, you don't. I don't know. I'd never yeah. thought about it. You know what I mean? I wasn't like that's a that's a man in the suit. That's a you always would think that's that's Chewbacca. I mean, it makes you. I don't know. He's like a friend, but you know what I mean. You you don't connect that it's exactly. A, you know, it's not like a banana sitting yeah. on the side of the road hawking banana pudding. It's very different. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he may not be fr- he may not be front and center, but he is always there. Yeah. And uh, uh, and you know, he's a presence that that we expect to be there no matter what. Back in the day when I got my first early bird kit in the mail, because my dad ordered three of them, right? I God, I wish I knew where those were. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I thought when I opened up the the Chewy figure was. That's not his crossbow. It doesn't look like that. <laughs> so that's but, funny. Yeah. Well, if you had the T, so, man, it would have broke off. They've made lots of variations oh, of Chewy crossbows over the years, and I don't yeah. know if they've ever been dead on. Well, now that we're back on the subject of collecting, Mike, uh, we have something else to tell the community. Do we not? Uh, sure. Uh, I don't know what it is. I didn't pay attention. No. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're <laughs> we we are going to have another uh, discount code for ICCC tickets. Oh yes, uh, coming time. up here on May the fourth. I should yeah. remember that, shouldn't I? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna you run the. Uh, that'll be the very last chance for you to get the most money off your ICCCon tickets. 
Um, if you go to icnashville.com and what you do is you go in, you pick out the tickets you want, if you want the VIP experience or if you want a general admission or if you want the whole weekend, whatever it is. Put it all into the uh, the little cart there. Go into your cart and you make sure to add the coupon code and uh we're putting this out there to the ic star wars listeners because you're also part of the ic everybody who hears this is part of the ic we're one big family here and uh the secret super secret ic coupon code for the uh for icc con 2021 is ic member 25 that's ic member m-e-m-b-e-r 25 and uh you just put that in all caps it's all caps ic member 25 you put that in that'll get you 25 percent off the tickets to icc con that'll be the highest amount of money off because see we're not like some other cons where it's hey you're gonna get groupon you're gonna get this we don't want 400,000 people walking through the door um until we grow and we are the size that 400,000 people come every year fine the thing is, is we want you guys to have an, a, a con experience that's second to none. Um, we are in a beautiful four-star hotel now. We've moved from our, our rodeo roots, we'll call them, our rodeo roots. And we've moved into a, <laughs> a beautiful four-star hotel in Nashville. And uh, you can check it all out. Make sure to book your hotel room through the room block link at uh, www.icnashville.com. But, yes, very exciting times. And we're going to be running that sale until midnight on May the 4th. Um, but after May the 4th is over, full price. Once we start releasing guest stars and stuff like that, full price. Because we got to... This venue is a, a little bit uh, smaller because it's so much nicer than the other one. The other one, we had all those extra chairs and stuff like that. So um, don't dawdle too long. Uh, make sure you get your tickets. This will be a show for the ages. So that that was what you were talking about, Philip? Because I totally forgot about it. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> cool. I got man. your back, man. You know that. I appreciate it, dude. Well, hey, I'm... I'm a space case, and that's why I love Star Wars so much. So it works out having somebody to ground me like you, but uh, that's why it all works out. <laughs> what else is in the exactly. news? Anything else? Uh, new podcast. There's podcasts coming out. People are doing podcasts. Lots of stuff from home. Uh, very exciting stuff. I just did a recording for uh, Farthest From. Check them out. Uh, it's a really cool. They're out of the UK, and they do... Uh, they do everything. They do like a podcast and YouTube and this, that, and the other. And they're so much, so, so focused and a nice group of guys that are doing a lot of, uh, a lot of stay at home stuff during this coronavirus. Also, I do want to pop out a big thank you to Mr. Timothy Zahn and the fine folks at Penguin Random House Books that have been letting us read, uh, the Heir to the Empire trilogy on the Imperial Commissary. We're almost done with the final book and we'll put that into the, uh, into the annals of history. Cool. Well, that is the news for this week. That's our first episode of the news um, on episode 23 of IC Star Wars. And uh, I want you all to make sure to check out the Imperial Commissary at www.imperialcommissary.com. Also, follow along with the cons Instagram at ICCC Nashville. 
Uh, check out the con Twitter page at ICCC Nashville and also the convention website where you can get your tickets, book your rooms, and get your IC member discount at www.icnashville.com. If you want to follow along on the con Facebook page, that's where you'll find the most up-to-date breaking news. Um, also, check out the blog over on icnashville.com, but follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash icnashville. 